0: Hey! Welcome back to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. Where each and every day, Matt, we set out to conquer the villain of self doubt by having what?
1: Positive conversations about managing personnel and finding. No 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 no, 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 no. No, no. The pillars. We've uh, done this mind, show body for a year and a spirit half. Spirit, try. Yeah, they
0: go. Okay, so each and every day, say it with me. Each and every day, we set out to conquer the villain of self doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich your spirit,
1: and grow your tribe. I'm your
0: host, <laughs> Rob Rens. Say that part? No, I'm just teasing.
1: I'm no, your sorry. host, Rob Rens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matthew, how are you today? I missed you. I haven't seen you. You were in Austin, Texas all last week. And I just don't feel, I feel like there's a lot that you and me have to catch up on.
1: There is, there is.
0: What, what, what should we make the listenership privy to? Oh, we found out something very interesting about you today. That you have uh, been diagnosed Uh-oh. Uh-oh. by some junior um, WebMDers as, a, as being a scopophobic.
1: Oh, no, that's not me. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay,
0: well, because Marissa walked in here, she had glasses on, and you, like, there was, like, you were like visibly shaking in fear when she stepped in here. And we, we can only – and then you had something to say about her wearing, wearing
1: her spectacles. Well, it's because you were commenting on her eyes being better than mine. And I said, well, she's wearing glasses.
0: Yeah, as in, as in like her creative eye.
1: You didn't specify it's, it's that. It's kind of
0: like a me, me, metaphorical eye. I don't know that that would be metaphorical. But like she has a more critical eye when it comes that'd to – That would be like a
1: cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> oh. a...
0: <laughs> cyclops is miss. Yeah, kind um, of a kind of a bummer that Evan wasn't able to join us today. Yeah, he was on his way. He was ready to come. Got hit with some technical difficulties. Stayed in Fayetteville because our guest, Mister Bill Kiefer, who if it, it's it's not a shame that you were in the army, Bill, but it would have been great <laughs> if you were in the navy because then Chief Kiefer would have been your
2: yeah, would have been that your nickname. Been awesome. Well, the good news is my oldest son is in the navy. Okay, um, and so there's uh, still hope. Well, not actually. He'll never, he'll never be a chief. Is he, a, is he an officer? He's an E6 and got picked up for LDO. So. <sighs> oh, really? Yeah. Doing what? Uh, he's a parachute rigger, so he's going to be an aviation maintenance guy.
1: So, awesome. Yeah. LDO's not a bad gig. Not bad at all. Has he uh, Has he acquired his, his undergraduate degree?
2: Nope. Good for him. Nope. He just did the hard work, you know? Yeah. In fact, he just tried to FaceTime me while I was here. Um, he's on the Abraham Lincoln. They just pulled into Guam, so he's doing four days in Guam. That's not a bad spot. Yeah yeah it's rather that you know there than sitting off the coast of uh, taiwan right yeah
0: yeah yeah and
2: evan lived in guam for a while too if i recall correctly yeah Yeah, i think uh, i think he's lived in a conversation
0: too as well well so so i guess we should probably give the the connection origin story bill between between signal fire and our staff here and you you've known evan for a while right? i have
2: several years now
0: and you were his coach mentor one of them throughout his military transition, right? It was.
2: In so, fact, he and I connected before we got the Honor Foundation. Did he so I okay. was coaching him before we got the Honor Foundation.
1: Wow. Did he approach you for that or
2: You know, I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah, we just kind of stumbled into each other somehow. He's savvy,
1: he's savvy on social media, especially with them, yeah. them,
2: them. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. His, his – um, maybe – actually, that's probably an interesting place for us to go because we haven't really talked about military transition specifically in, in a while, a number of episodes. Yeah. Um, and, and so now I guess that we've had a little bit of time, maybe now that Evan is out, we can sort of sure. look back. In reverse and say because he's killing it at his company yeah, and he's he is. loving I'm sure he it. Is. He's loving it and and
1: I, I love it because when he comes to town, he's just
2: like, drinks yeah, on me. yeah, <laughs> drinks on me, right? He's making
0: he's making it rain that mosaic money. Um, make
2: me disappointed he didn't actually make it here today. Then yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, 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 exactly. He no, could've.
0: Rob's
1: Rob's good for free beers. Yeah, always I'm always good. good for free beers.
0: <laughs> always right. good for free beers. Um, but yeah, because like, we've talked about it on numerous occasions here. Like I, he was the first person that I knew that really like took a ton of time, effort, and energy into his military transition. And to look at it, because hindsight's always 20, yep. 20 he got what he wanted out of it. Yep. He set himself up for success. He didn't have the transition period that a lot of service members go through, which is sometimes filled with... Uh, stagnation or frustration—all all, all sorts of different things right. that can manifest themselves. So, like maybe maybe tell us that, Bill. Like, give us a little bit about your military career, and then kind of pick us up where you and Evan connected and how you helped influence that journey for him.
2: Yeah, glad to do so. So, I was 12 years Army officer. I was a logistics guy, mostly out with light infantry divisions. I did about 12 years. So, I was in from '85 to '97. I was with the 7th ID back in the day when they were pretty new out at Fort Ord, California. Um, in during the Panama time and all that. Um, went up to the Fort Drum, 10th Mountain Division, did Hurricane Andrew, and then I did Restore Hope with them. So I got to kick around in Somalia a little bit and decided that's probably Beautiful. the place I need to go back. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Yeah, One and uh, done. Yeah. I got a call from Branch one day, and they said, hey, you seem to be pretty good at this light, uh, light infantry, low-intensity conflict, unconventional warfare, logistics support stuff. We're going to send you to the schoolhouse. And I thought, oh, good God, I pissed somebody off, right? So I went down, and now I what does to, that
1: mean? The schoolhouse,
2: the uh, well, it's Army Logistics Management College at the day.
1: Okay, I think so it's a Lago. It. It's like the Lago log school, school. Yeah,
2: so they brought me down to rewrite as part of a team to rewrite and build what was then called the Combined Logistics Officer Advanced Course. So teaching, you know, captains how to be majors kind of thing and how to be logistics professionals at a higher level. Um, while I was there, I spent two years there, did pretty well. I was instructor of the year while I was there and did all that kind of good stuff. I um, got selected for 04, and a week later found out I was getting divorced. I had three small kids at the time. The one that's in the Navy now mm-hmm. was, you know, seven then, um, and I had to kind of face a life decision. Do I continue a great career that I loved and I thought I was pretty good at, or do I stick around for my kids? Mm-hmm. So I made that decision. Got out. They said, well, you're resigning on a promotion board, so you owe us another year. We're going to do you a solid and send you to Toledo, and I thought, good God, what's in Toledo? And they're <sighs> going to recruiting command. And I, oh God! <laughs> now they pissed. I pissed them off. <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time, though, is it was a great assignment because it connected me to the civilian community and the civilian community that I wanted to work and live in. I didn't appreciate it then. Hindsight being 2020, guess what? It was a great assignment. Mm. So I spent about a year doing that. I got out and went. Now what? I had 121 dollars in unpaid leave and a lot of bills and three kids that needed food. Um, and I thought, shit, I don't know how to do this. I have no idea what I want to do. I don't know how to do it. Now, bear in mind, this was 97, so we didn't have LinkedIn. We didn't have Indeed. We didn't have all this great mm-hmm. uh, uh, Internet-capable kind of connectivity. So I was in the yellow pages. I don't know if anybody knows what the yellow yeah, pages are. Yeah, for the, for the kids at home, that's a book. That's it's a not book. A, It's <laughs> not a
0: website. It yeah. used to be delivered on your front porch. About that thick, yep, depending
2: yep. on the community. Yep. I was in the small community, so <laughs> only about that thick. <laughs> So I'm out there looking at companies going, I don't know what they do, but I don't know, it sounds interesting, or the name is cool, or it's easy to find on the I don't know. And I just stumbled and tripped and fell, and I was really pretty shitty at this whole transition thing. But I kept notes, and I learned. And I landed a job doing economic development work, which is great work, doesn't pay much. And I thought, man, i got to do something different. Landed a job as a training manager for an air freight company. 1100 people, it was great, and that started a long career doing talent management and HR work. It started at a tactical level, managing a, a function, and then worked up into the strategic level, working with C-suite leaders and multi-billion dollar companies to go, basically, do we have the right people with the right capability, in the right place, at the right time to do what we said we're gonna do? Yeah. it really kind of boils down to that. Yeah. The lessons of transition uh, stuck with me hard, um, you know, I need to help others so they don't have the problem I've ha- I've had. Um, so I've worked with veterans for the past 24 years, informally. In 2018, I decided I had about enough of this corporate stuff. You know, flying around the world, um, you know, I've been in 32 countries. I've been in every continent except Antarctica. I don't plan to go there. Um, it's fun. It's interesting. It takes a toll on your home life. Mm-hmm. It wears you out, man. You know, 70-hour weeks and 50 to 75% travel wears you out. So in 2018, I looked at my finances and went, I think I can take a little bit of risk here. What do I really want to do? So I hung out a shingle and dove into entrepreneurship. Because, you know, that was going to be easy, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so easy. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, oops. (laughs) Uh, And it hasn't been the same as corporate. But if you really want to do it right, it's not simple. Mm -hmm. You ain't sitting around drinking beer, you know, just be. Well, sometimes you do. Yeah, um, just because it's
0: usually to swallow yeah. the pain. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: so. celebrate and celebrate
0: the, well, yeah, the real checkpoints the along the way. Flowing. Absolutely, yeah. whatever, right? But anyway. Beer's a multi-purpose tool. It's the e-tool e- of humanity, in my opinion. <laughs> I,
2: I like. I hadn't heard that. That's got to like be that. a t-shirt.
0: I, I just made that up. There you go, there Marissa. You go. Will you write that down just as a note? Beer is the e-tool of humanity, and there we'll come up with like a with like an e-tool. We'll figure it out. I'm sorry. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an
2: emblem there. We yeah, have, yeah, there's we something. We have,
0: we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll map it out. We'll
2: whiteboard it. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll whiteboard it. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, I started doing that, and uh, I started reaching out to individuals. You know, I've been on LinkedIn. and We can talk about the technicalities of networking and all that. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, you know, I've had a staff since I was 22 years old. Now I'm alone. I don't want to get too fancy and try and do everything at once. So I'm going to target LinkedIn i was familiar with it i had a little bit of a presence and i'm going to start putting out content i'm going to start connecting with people and i'm going to start trying to build a brand over time and then people started connecting with me the honor foundation saw my stuff they reached out and said you might be a fit for us would you care to interview to be a coach It was a couple years ago now so i interviewed they said yeah you can probably add a little bit of value here and uh, so now i'm a coach for them i'm on their coach advisory board and now i'm uh, faculty for them also
0: okay and yeah. you're and, and you specifically focus on business 101 I do and can you can you highlight like you know what are the key learning objectives in that class for there people that couldn't get into the honor foundation yeah, yeah. But, so but still want to overall, do this this
2: is not to be a three-hour MBA right? yeah we're not trying to do that what we're trying to do is give folks that have never been in the business world a basic sense of how business is structured and how business operates and what business culture is sort of like um, so they can walk into interviews or networking opportunities or informational interviews with some basic familiarity with the world they're getting into. A little bit of language stuff. You know, at the end of the day, um, a lot of folks, seems kind of odd, but they don't know the difference between profit and revenue. Mm. We, talk, we have that conversation. Yeah. You know, and, and, and who's a creditor and who's a debtor, and is it good to have debt or is it not good to have debt? And the answer is it depends. How are organizations structured? You know, are they functionally structured? Are they geographically structured? Are they structured by product? Um, Where are they in their organizational life cycle? A lot of folks are interested in being in a startup. And I I hear this a lot with military veterans They, I want to be in a startup because it's new and it's aggressive and it's cool stuff and it's all that. And I go, okay, that's great. Do you realize there's no SOPs? Yeah. There is no higher headquarters? You are building
0: an airplane while it is in flight.
2: While it's in flight, man. And you're building the outside of the thing while it's flying. You're not inside somewhere safe, right? Um, and sometimes people go, oh, that's interesting, man. And I love it. And that's great. Yeah. Some folks go, what do you mean there's no... And
0: some people there? certainly thrive in that environment. I mean, Evan's in what would be largely yeah. considered a startup and yeah. is and is is doing exactly that. He's helping to put his... His and other people's best practices become policy at a yeah. startup if you're doing it the right way.
2: Absolutely. And as, as organizations evolve, you know, you got some great founder or some great idea guy or gal, and they start up, and they go, i got this great idea, and I'm going to save the world or this portion of it, and here's how we're going to do it. I don't know how to do it, but this is where we're going. And you're on board, and everybody's kind of got to dive in. And you grab whatever tool you need on whatever day, and you might be doing finance or marketing or operations or media or whatever on any given day. Well, some folks, that's great, and they thrive on Other folks are going to, wait a minute. I'm an ops guy, or I'm a logistics guy, and I want to work in that.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a combination of both right now since okay. Single Fire started because I'm the only one that's like really m- kind of managing the operations Hertz full time. You so that. you're you're there, but you have your own <laughs> ship to steer.
0: Um, ships, uh, ships plural, plural. ships. Multiple yeah, the ships. fleet. Yeah. yeah, fleet. There yeah. you go, Commodore Wrens. <laughs> but no, I
1: I the last eight months has been a whirlwind of exactly that. It's yeah. like. You know, when I approached it, when I left my job at the university and then do this whole time, it was, I'm going to be focused on business development. And that's a part of it, but yep. it's, it's a small part of it right now because there's so many other moving parts that, right. you know, need my attention. And-
0: well, I think, is it, is it an oversimplification, Bill, to ask you this? Business 101 breaks down to two things, people and process.
2: Um. Yes. And actually I look at There's a piece we talk in there about balance. Cause mm-hmm. when you're interviewing with business leaders, they're balancing a lot of stuff and you as an individual for a particular job opportunity, you're a dot on a very busy radar screen, right? So I remind them, I said their balance is important to very busy people. And there's three buckets that you got to balance people, process and product or service depending on mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you can realize as a candidate for a job search uh, for a job opportunity, rather that that's where that guy or gal's head is, then you can start listening to what they're saying and mm. you can start anticipating where this is going and you can start preparing your answers so you're the one who presents yourself best qualified for two things and it's funny because people don't realize this in transition and let me ask you guys i'll put you on hot spot. yeah okay. sure what do employers look for when they're hiring people
0: oh from my personal perspective, or?
2: No, tell me from his personal perspective.
0: Well, because we work together, and I think he thinks so similarly. Like, for me, if I'm hiring somebody, yep. and I've, I've had that chair basically my entire career, I look for um, cultural fit more so than skill and competency. Okay. And I might be a heretic in that. I believe that skills can be trained. Um, willpower cannot be. Right. So if somebody comes to me, and they're hungry, they uh, are are a good fit um, with me personally, culturally, yep. like yep. I said, and with the other members of the team. But they maybe lack some of the skills. I'll take a flyer on that. Ten out of ten, and and actually, there's we could talk about the the two ladies that are in the room next to us. That's proof that you know you, you might not measure up. Exa- like you can't like you can't come in and edit videos for a Marvel right. cinematic adventure but you want to help and you believe in our vision and our mission right. and stuff like that. And so you're somebody who I would bet on and they've proven us right in, in a short amount of time. And I think we'll prove us more right in the future.
2: So the answer there is bingo. Yeah. Okay. Two things that employers look at and all employers, depending on if you're a CEO of a fortune 500 or a small business like this, one, can you successfully do the work I need done? Mm-hmm. And two, are you gonna be a fit and add value to the team? Technical, technical competency and cultural fit. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else in this transition thing are paths to getting to those two answers. And the person that presents themselves as best, qualified, and capable in those two areas is the person that's going to get the job. Yeah. Right? That's how that works. But a lot of folks don't understand that. Hmm. You know. So I try to center everybody when I coach them on that first. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand what the employer is looking for, how are you possibly going to land the job well? You might find it. Yeah. But then, so what? What are you going to do with it?
0: Do you th- do you feel like corporations have a very clear understanding of who they're trying to hire, and more importantly, does the hire hiring manager know exactly why? Um, I'm painting with a broad brush. It varies, but, and you know yeah. the answer.
2: I'm going to give you a consultant. Okay. Answer. Okay. Oh, it okay. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, right. Yeah, so now, yeah. Now the answer is generally yes. Reasonably, uh, um, there's a high level of uh, expectation that a hiring manager and the companies know what they need done. Might they know how well to articulate that in a document for a job posting or job? Maybe, maybe not. That depends on their skill in that kind of work. The other thing that's important is, do they understand what needs to be done today? And are we hiring for today? Mm-hmm. We got an immediate stuff in front of us and you know, I need a rifle, I'm gonna go shoot something, whatever, right? right? Or are they hiring for a longer term pipeline of talent or bench strength or whatever, right? So um, the answer is by and large, yes. Um, but not always perfectly. In the book that I wrote, I say, you know, we usually do our homework when we post a job. The other thing that's interesting is just because a job posting says it's this, it's not like the military. It's this, but you might bring something unique and different to Mm -hmm. it. So just because you don't meet every aspect of it, don't self-select out of the opportunities, right? So, you know, they're looking, let's keep it easy, 10 things, and you got seven of them. You go, I don't have the other three, so I'm not going to follow up on it. Bad move. Because if you happen to have that job posting that's 10 things and they're pretty sure that's what they want, but they're not really sold on all of it, if you self-select out because you don't meet all 10, you might have something they didn't articulate well, but they need it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times, and I've interviewed thousands of people, I don't know how many times I've interviewed somebody going, holy crap, I didn't know you knew that or had that experience I can wiggle this job around a little yeah. bit. and maybe the job turns into something that fits you as opposed to you just being the square pig in my square hole yeah you
0: know? yeah so how how important is it because I know Honor Foundation does it, but again we have a broader audience than just honor Foundation you know uh, alums uh, and and people that could that could fit in that pathway Honor Foundation does a great job of personality and and yeah. Uh, assessments, right? right? Like they do the Clifton Strengths or the Gallup or yep. Disc, whatever. Right. Personal analysis, like all of them. Most people don't take the opportunity to do that for themselves as they're getting out of the military and going to find a job. At least I didn't. Did, right. you, did you do any of that stuff? When, no. Yeah. Uh, you, you went and said, uh, I'm, I'm a good Marine, um, I could be a good cop. I said, the first person who would be willing to give me a job, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I knew nothing about myself. I, I right. didn't know anything about what I was good at. I thank the good Lord uh, for his providence because I, I fell into sales. Somebody right. saw something in me and said, you've got the personality for a salesperson. Sure. Sure. Um, and they, that's, why, that's probably why I hire on culture more than I do on skill and competency because I didn't know how to sell anything to anybody. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. he taught me how to do that. Um, so, so what would your recommendation be for people who aren't going to go through one of those programs mm-hmm. that teaches you about yourself? How can they learn? Who am I? What makes me tick? What's my passion? What do, what's going to get me out of bed each and every day to fight through the mundane?
2: Yeah, How does somebody do so that? So I do individual work. I mean, I only work with the honor foundation, right? That's part of what I do when, when I engage with folks individually. I've got a six-step process that i built over the years to work with other folks, but with folk, service members in transition, but civilians too. And the very first step is who are you and what are you bringing to the party?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you don't do that self-reflection, and, you know, whatever the instrument is, you know, the why, the Cliffs and strength, career leader, you know, DISC, MB, I don't care what the tools are, yeah. but if you don't have some idea of who you are and what you're bringing to the party, you don't know what you're offering to anybody. And you can't convince anybody you're going to be the best to do what they need done and fit well. If you don't know who you are. yeah, You know, think about any TV commercial, I'll just use cars cause I love cars, right? If you get a car ad and you know, it's gonna be either a sport utility or it's gonna be a pickup truck and they're gonna advertise different things, right? If it's a sports car, they're not gonna worry about off-road capability, right? Mm-hmm. Unless it's mine.
1: Unless it's yours, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, got a r- I like rally cars. That's a city, Oh, okay. Yeah. Take a Lambo WRX all the car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I like to think I do. It's really, <laughs> it's really just your new driveway yeah, is the only place I brap. Yeah, the only
2: place you can wrap it. Yeah, but you, you think about that and you go, okay, if you don't know who you are and what you bring to the party, then how do you convince anybody else? The second thing people need to understand is how do they define success? Mm. Yeah. What's good going to look like? If, here's me, and this is what good looks like to me. Now that varies by person. You know, everybody's got a definition of success somewhere. They may not have figured <coughs> it out yet. Um, but if you don't know what success looks like, what are you going to go look for? If you want to go play baseball, are you going to go look at an ice rink? If you if golf is what you're doing, you're going to go to a football field. Maybe cricket's your thing. You're going to go play tennis. So it helps get uh, some clarity about what you're offering the employment community, and it helps get clarity about where you should look inside that employment community to find potential landing spots. So how do you go about doing that? You magically go back to your room and crack open a beer or something else and go, hey, what is my why? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, some folks can do that. That's hard to do. You need to engage with somebody else to help draw that out of you. Um, I'm not going to sit here and sell my services, but that's what I do, yeah. you know? Yeah. So whether it's a paid coach, a trusted mentor, um, a family member who might have some ob- objectivity, um, you know, sit down and consciously think about that. And it doesn't have to be fancy. Who am I and what am I bringing? And define it however you want, right? And it might be iterative. You know, your first couple times around, you might go, well, I have this vision of myself, and, um, you know, here's all the good things. You don't think about the bad things, Okay. Because sometimes in your job search, part of it is ruling things out. You know, I don't, I don't want to do sales. Mm. I, I just, I'm not naturally a sales guy. Okay, at this point in my career, I'd really rather not travel internationally seventy-five percent of the time. Okay, check, 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 check. You start somewhere and start refining it over time. This whole transition thing is kind of iterative. You know, you start, get a little bit of clarity, get a little bit of traction, do an after-action review, figure out what's working and what isn't. What don't I know yet, and what new questions do I need to answer? Um, Some folks can do that on their own, most folks can't. So engage with a firm, a group, a coach, an advisor, a mentor, a friend, a colleague, somebody that's already sort of where you want to be. You know, a lot of times what I find is folks get engaged with folks that they're familiar from where they were. That's natural, right? Come out of the Marine Corps, you come out of the Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Space Force, wherever, That's your tribe, that's your network, that's who you're familiar with. But think about what they're offering. If they're offering a perspective on who you are and what you bring to the party in this context, there's value to that. But can they translate that to how's that gonna be helpful where you wanna be? Which Which is a perfect
0: summary of my
2: issue with the TAPS program.
0: Because you have a staff sergeant or somebody teaching out of a manual about how to write a resume or how to perform a job interview with no practical experience themselves in doing those things it it can't be done that way to any level of success that i think any of us would agree with
2: yeah yeah no i agree with that
0: we don't have to we don't have to fix that system but but that's but i i think you probably just summarized the root cause issue yeah of why an industry
2: like yours exists. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, tap is good for what it is. Yeah. My experience, and you know, of the thousands of people I've talked to, I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent keeps going. Yeah. You know, tap is at best okay. It's technical and it's tactical, and it's you know, here's how you get your VA benefits, and here's how you exit well, <clears throat> and here's three examples of a resume, and by the way, here's a LinkedIn thing, and some tips and tricks and um, here's some ideas about how to interview. Good luck, God bless, we'll see you later. And typically, I think you're spot on, they're taught by well-intended folks that just took off the uniform. Okay, well, that's good. Or they're taught by great well-intended folks who I think often tend to be from the HR community who never served in uniform and maybe haven't had the robust uh, business experience that can really be value added. So you got well-intended people that have deep knowledge in a narrow scope trying to help folks that need to understand what the world is before they dive in
1: yeah.
2: you know uh, god bless them for doing what they're doing they are helping but there's so much more potential right for the value add that could occur so that's why people do yeah. what i do well i know? think you i think what you
0: just said is is critically important is that um, you got to find somebody Who who maybe looks acts and sounds like what you imagine or you envision yourself to be in the future? Yeah. Five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years down the road, um, and go ask that person. Hey, you look good. You know, teach me teach me what good looks like and how do I get there?
2: Right, right. You know, and what are the things I need to look for? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, t- I talked about the steps, you know, of, of the process that I use when I do individual coaching work. Well, you know, who are you? we bringing to the party and how do you define success? The next is what do you know about your transition environment? Because a lot of times what you think about in three spheres, okay, you were in the military. You want to land somewhere out here in the civilian world. They're not next to each other. They don't overlap. There's this big gray space you've got to get through in the middle. That's your transition. And oftentimes what happens is people want to skip from the green suit to the landing zone mm. without understanding. You've got to take the flight between here and there. And there might be some rough air between here and there, okay? And you might take some fire along the way, right? So I try to help them understand that you are in a different space right now. And if you don't have, I call it intelligence preparation of the career battlefield. You know, IPB, intelligence prep of the battlefield. Mm. Well, this is IPCB, intelligence prep of the Did career battlefield. Did you trademark battle. that? far as you know? Um, yeah, I feel like you should. Yeah. Uh, if, if Was not, that patent pending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly man. Then somebody's going to steal that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I don't understand why we do this to people. You know, we put our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, Space Force, we put them in a position of knowledge and awareness before they ever enter a battle, enter a battle space, right? Regardless of MOS, whether you're a raider or a corpsman or whatever you are, a trucker, um, you get prepared before you go there. Mm. What's the culture and what's the terrain and where it's relevant you know what's the power grid look like and what's the political environment all that stuff right and then we do technical tactical stuff on their way out the that. who's working with these folks to go you know what this is what the world looks like the business culture is entirely different whether you're in a for-profit a non-profit a multinational a local company large small whatever publicly traded privately held there are different cultural norms in the civilian world And by the way, the folks that populate the civilian world, 93% of them never wore a uniform. They're good people, most of them. Just like the military, most are good people, but some aren't. And they do good things, but they haven't walked the walk you've walked. They haven't worn the clothes you wear. They carried different weapons in their career field than you carried in your past. They wouldn't necessarily succeed without training in the military. That's why we have basic training, and that's why we have AIT and whatever the other branches call it, schools and all that. Why would you think you can enter the civilian world and be just as successful without any kind of basic training and orientation and cultural understanding of what you're getting into? And I don't mean cultural necessarily in, you know, fuzzy terms, you know. What are work norms? You know, one of the things I cover in my book is, and it's just one of a bunch, but is, you know, we don't wear uniforms in the civilian world. And people laugh. They go, well, hell no, man. Why would you need a uniform? Have you thought about the impact that has on how you do business? Think about when you go from one unit to another. You're brand new. If you're in a military organization, you can look at the collar, you can look at the shirt, the resume's right there. You're going into your first staff meeting or whatever, and you go, okay, he's in charge. I know he's the log guy. That's the engineer. This is the intel guy. I know what they're going to contribute. I understand how they all interact. I don't need to know them personally. I know the environment, and we get down to work pretty quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Go to the civilian world. And you show up and we're all dressed in business casual or, you know, not whatever business casual happens Ca- to casual, be. Casual, casual. Casual, casual. single fire team. Sure, yeah. there you go. I feel overdressed. Matt, Matt, do you have on flip-flops? No, Matt's got vans <laughs> no. on today. I got vans. Today's vans day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're on flip-flop
0: day because it's 79 degrees outside. <laughs> right. Yeah, beautiful down here.
2: I talked to my wife on the way down to 31 degrees in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> Keep it. Yeah, Keep absolutely. Deep. Absolutely. Um... I have no idea where I was going with that. Where was
0: I going with that? uh, Oh, uniforms. Uh, Oh, uniforms, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you
2: go into your first civilian meeting, and, you know, there's not 10, 12 people around the table, and you go, where's the colonel? Who's the sergeant major? Uh Uh-oh. Now you're spending time trying to figure out who they are, who's going to contribute what, who's the decision maker, who are the advisors, who's going to add value, who isn't. And instead of focusing on it, whatever the issue, the purpose of the meeting, you're trying to figure out the team. THAT CREATES AN IMMEDIATE ISSUE, POTENTIALLY, FOR NEW FOLKS IN A NEW ENVIRONMENT, RIGHT? SO UNIFORMS MATTER. AND THE LACK OF UNIFORMS MATTERS, TOO. IF PEOPLE KNOW THAT GOING IN, THEY CAN EXPECT THAT THAT uh, RAMP UP TO LEARNING AND THAT, that, that PATHWAY TO PROFESSIONALISM AND, 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 and PRODUCTIVITY, is GOING TO BE SLOWED DOWN BY THAT A LITTLE BIT, POTENTIALLY. SO mm-hmm. JUST AN EXAMPLE. MATT, IF YOU had HAD A
0: CONVERSATION WITH BILL a week or so before you got out, do you feel like after this thirty minute conversation thus far you you're, you're, it could have looked a little different for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been thinking of that since he started have talking. You? I could
0: see I could hear <laughs> physically hear your gears turning.
1: yeah, it's just another yeah, just another example of you know missed opportunity, which goes back to the birth of why I'm passionate about the conversation yeah. we have because everything that he's brought up had, could have been pivotal for me. Because uh, I, wa- I just walked into a, like, violence of action well, level of fire. Let's do it now. Let's what? do it
0: right now. If Bill was your coach, put you get to go back to 2008, if you will. You, you uh, were getting into OCS. You weren't going to get a flight contract. You said, forget it. I'm, I'm going to go do something else. I'm packing up. I'm leaving Virginia. I'm going to California. Mm-hmm. Bill, if you were his coach, what, what is, like, question number one? That you're going to ask him to maybe just get him to pull himself out of his own head yeah yeah think for a second and then hear himself say it out loud and then allow him to go oh i'm going to use this for the decision and this that i just said for the decision and this i
2: just said for the okay, decision. okay i'm going to do that but remind me to yeah. talk about decisions okay this is important I'm okay put, let's put so it. the first thing i do is tell me about yourself uh in the context that he just
1: yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, he'll right. tell you yeah I spent uh w- w- joined the marine corps like a year and a half after high school spent okay. eight years um in in the marine corps in total uh, my last couple of years i was going through a commissioning program okay um and then when i was literally a week from commissioning i was ra- i was finishing up ocs um i learned that my future was very very much kind of in in jeopardy um and I, it sounds stoic, but uh, all I wanted to do is fly. I, I had been in the infantry for eight years, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do was be a pilot, and I found out that I was very likely, because I had an age waiver, uh, gonna lose my air contract, and, and they would I would either have to go ground or law, which neither had an interest for. So overnight, you know, I was planning on being in the Marine Corps for 10, 20 years, okay. flying. Um, and overnight, we decided, you know what? All I wanted to do is fly. We're going to go back to California and figure it out. My okay. wife, who's from Virginia, um, she's a nurse, and she was a nurse then. So we had that cushion, but I had zero preparation and vision and strategy moving forward.
2: Sounds familiar. I know the story. Yeah,
1: yeah so from 2008 to today, it's been one hell of a ride. And so I've, when
2: you get out in 2008, you know, let's keep in the context of that time frame, mm-hmm. what do you want to do?
1: Honestly, you asked what defines... Success and at the time I would have said just something that makes money. You know, okay. I, I came from a family of elevator constructors um, But other than that my only professional skills was what the Marine Corps taught me.
2: Okay, so you want to make some money, right? doing what
1: I mean, I was contemplating bit. you know, any role in business um, I contemplated going into the elevator trade like my brother and my dad and my stepdad and my grand Grandfathers We're like fourth generation. Um, but I, for some reason, I, I didn't like the idea of like, oh, I'm gonna, it's that's you know that's so and so's kid just got out of the Marine Corps and got hired. Whatever. So you didn't want to make
2: a business on your own.
1: <clears throat> I did want to make a business on my own. I'm
2: asking. I don't. It, that-
1: no, I didn't because oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know anything about business at all. Okay. So after a couple of months of. So like, what is
2: it about business that interests you?
1: At least at the time.
2: I, I stay in that 2008 time. Yeah, me.
1: it was like that's what I need to do to be successful. Okay. that's That was my interpretation because I didn't know okay. at all. Okay. Um, but then very quickly as I was getting back into the workforce in Northern California where I'm from, I, I for some reason, I had despised of it for the entire time I was in the Marine Corps, but I was like, maybe I should become a cop. On the West Coast, you, I mean, they get paid really well, yep, yep, as yep. as they should, anywhere. Um, and then I talked to a couple of my buddies I was in the Marine Corps with who who were then cops, and they're like, ah, oh, dude, you make a good cop, and... And there was not really any thought that went into it. I was like, I know, I know how to tactically function.
2: Okay, so it's 2008. You're getting out. You had a little financial cushion. Not really sure what you want to do. So you decided to become a cop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did that resonate with you? I mean, did that, it sounds like you took a job because you needed to do something.
1: Yeah, and it's important to also note that even though my wife w- is, was a nurse at the time, um, you know, my first daughter was born. Yep. So she was not even a year old yet. Yep. Um and obviously, you know, we were new to the we're, well, returning to the, to the West Coast market. So housing was, is a totally different machine, even back in 08. Um, but, you know, for some reason, law enforcement just resonated with me. There was mm-hmm. a huge fear that I got overnight when I left the Marine Corps. And It's like, holy shit, I don't know anything about business. I yeah. have zero business education. Yeah. My undergrad yeah. was in po- political science. Um, so naturally, law enforcement was like, I feel kind of comfortable with that.
2: So are you okay if we kind of pull out of the air yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. here? Yeah. So at the end of the day, if people aren't really sure what they want to do, one of the ways you can help clarify where you're going, what does success look like and all that, is it kind of visualizes a triangle. And this is actually a play off of Jim Collins' work out of the book, Good to Great, from 20 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, still relevant. Oh, absolutely, yeah. great yeah. book. It was intended for organizations, but this kind of bastardization of the concept um, applies to individuals. So if you're looking at what can I do and I just don't know, Think about three things and kind of shape it as a triangle. What are you passionate about? What fires you up in the morning? Without limit, okay? Not just from a job, set. what fires you up? What makes you passionate go, I, I need to go do something and that's the kind of something. That's the one leg, okay? The other leg is, what am I good at? Don't worry about context. I'm good at public speaking, making decisions, problem solving, connecting, whatever that is. Carpentry, uh, drinking beer, whatever it is, right? And then the third leg of that is, how can I make some money? Or said another way, what meets the practicalities of my situation? Some folks get out and they're in a pretty good place. They've got a little cushion. If you've done a career and invested well, maybe you don't really have to work. Maybe you're going to retire and that's fine. Other folks get out, regardless of rank or tenure, and they got financial issues and they need cash right now. Mm-hmm. That all influences how you're going to define success.
1: And that was an element for, for us too, because we dove in very quickly, started building our own house. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, sometimes
0: I... you get in over your head faster than, like, you, you yeah. things start happening faster than you feel like you decided them to happen. You're like, oh my, I'm caught up in this whirlwind all of a sudden.
2: Oh, yeah, circumstance can be sneaky. Yeah, yeah. You know? Give
0: me the triangle again. So, what, what you're passionate, passionate about, about, what motivates you, what you're good passionate at, about? Okay. what you're
2: good at. Okay. And then how can you make some money? How can you make some, how can you make, is there an industry there for this? Is there an industry? Is yeah. there a job? Is there a career field? And it doesn't mean you have to join something existing. You've yeah. created something new here, right? Yeah. You know what? You can make some money at that. Yeah. The other pieces you want to evaluate is how much risk are you comfortable with? And, you know, what's your timeline? You know, if I'm at a different stage of life than you are, you know? My concerns are different than yours. Um, but you can sit down and look at those three and start to really categorize the stuff that's running through your head Mm-hmm. and then you can start, and we're going to go back yeah, to I the was say, I was
0: going to go, Matt, are you ready for the perfect segue? Because if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. Okay. Just bring it all full circle. Yeah,
2: so part of what happens here with career uh, transition is people take it as a big emotional thing, right? And I get it. I mean, Probably more of a mess than I should have been when I got out for a while, and I don't want to go into detail. Do you say a mess? I was a mess. Hell yeah, yeah so yeah, was yeah. I. Yeah, I was a mess. I don't know
0: anybody who really wasn't. I mean, there's some. There's probably some. But, but you're going to hit lows. It, yeah. it, it doesn't
2: have to be prolonged, but it's yeah. emotional. You're leaving your it entire identity. Is. And, you know, one of the things that military members, regardless of service or branch or level, they're good at making decisions. They can assess a situation. They've learned how to make decisions. And career transition comes up, and oftentimes that stuff just leaves their head. If you can approach career transition as a problem-solving, a decision-making exercise, you can help keep the emotion at bay. You go, okay, what's the problem? What am I trying to solve here? If you can get clarity on that, you can then go on to what are the facts? Fact is I need this kind of money. The fact is I have three kids. The fact is I'm building a house. Whatever those facts are. What are the assumptions? And Are those assumptions good or bad? And Once you can get all that done, you go, well, what are my potential courses of action? Okay. And what are the criteria by which I'm going to evaluate? I'm passionate about these things. Anything that meets these, check, check, check. I'm good at these things. Anything, any kind of job opportunity that meets these, check, check, check. I'm going to consider Anything that meets my money standards, check, check, check. And if it doesn't, you take them off the list. It gives you a way to formulate, I'm sorry, format the problem. It gives you a mental model to approach it. Mm-hmm. And it starts to build criteria. So you're figuring out what do I include and what do I exclude? so you're not just running around in this gray area of shiny things or shitty things um going i don't know what to do with any of it mm. our military members are great at assessing things and making decisions and solving problems but we don't always leverage that capability because we don't frame the situation in that space you know that's part of what i teach folks when we go through yeah 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 and that's all that's all in the book that's all in the book and since yep. you brought it up i yep. brought you signed copies of the heck book. heck yeah oh there you we've go had, we've
0: had uh three thank you bill bill would be our third published author, author that gave us a gift i brought one for evan, evan gets one. Camp, rob campbell was the first
1: oh we've had more than that
0: scott schroeder
1: Shri- yeah scott and schroeder then,
0: and then i think bill well at least on
2: military transition yeah yeah, yeah. I've read. I, I'd agree. I looking yeah, cool. This one too so well. let me tell you the story on on, on the book here. Yeah, quick, Okay. So um, I've been wanting to write a book for years. Didn't know what about. Um, I did a TED talk in 2017. Okay. The TEDx about uh, uh, investing in the middle. Is that a, is that a cool
0: experience?
2: Yeah, it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it is. I want to do one. It's I don't scary, know why no. I want to. do well, one, You'd be great. Yeah. Both of you guys would be good. We could do TED's talk. TED's talk. Yeah, <laughs> something. Why? Why, anyway. why is it
1: all named after the same man? I don't know.
2: He's a big guy, you know. <laughs> the, um, but I, I did all that, and I thought, you know, that was cool. And I wanted to write a different book. Well, COVID came around, and you know, I was out and about, and I was meeting people and traveling here. And, and guess what? That all stopped. So I'm sitting in my home office, which is I don't know about this big, and I'm looking around with all these post-it notes with ideas. Wasn't quite a beautiful mind, remember that? Mm-hmm. It yep. wasn't quite that bad. But um, I looked at the notes and I said, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I wonder if I can do something with these notes. I started to put it together and all that stuff so the book is a product of all those notes um, it's five sections starts off and the real the real issue here or the real focus here is trying to shed some light on what the employers are looking for which nobody talks about yeah you know it's, it's all how do I get ready and you know what about me and well guess what what are the employers yeah. I spent 22 years on the employers side of the desk either directly or you know have teams that worked uh, for me that I was fortunate enough to lead that we're the people you, We were that guy. Yeah, you had to get through us yeah. to get the job. So I took all these notes. and I said, okay, look. First, you got to understand general business culture. Then you got or the business environment. Then you got to understand culture. You got to understand the transition environment. You got to understand a little bit about networking because that's how the jobs get found. And then at the end, I said, here's some process stuff: talent acquisition, inter- recruiting, and interviewing. So I organized all these 151 insights, and I got graphics and stories and all that stuff that I built, which I'm not a graphic designer, but I had some good folks take my scratches and make good things out of them. <laughs> Can you
0: turn this into something
2: useful? <laughs> I, exa- oh, you should have seen the example of a cover. I had a great cover. I took it to the, my calling my publishing partners. I self-published, but I had smart people help me. They looked at it, and I go, that's cute. We're not using it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they came up with this thing. But at the end of the day, um, nobody talks about what the employers are looking for. Well, that just made no sense to me. if the employers have the jobs, maybe somebody ought to be sharing what employers want. so I've given a real practical some some of these things are really short, one of them I don't remember which number it is you know uh, you may think you're perfect for the job, but if the boss wants his nephew, guess who gets the job mm-hmm. well, the whole commentary on that is enough said so the idea is to be a hip pocket guide of short, meaningful little things to help people go i I don't know let's look at something right so anyway um that's pretty well received. I think that's a, I think that's a great
0: perspective to take because everything I I have seen, you're right. It's it's uh, at least the overwhelming majority is about preparing the person right to walk into a job interview or one to get to get noticed uh, via resume, um, and then two to be prepared to go sell yourself to the to the employer but the employer's the decision maker and and I think maybe just to bring it back to something that you said earlier because the third you mentioned there was network mm-hmm. you can get a job without a network you get a better job or the best job for you with a good network and you're more likely to find more it more like likely yeah. to i mean opportunities come to you people think of you like yesterday I was with one of my customers and she was like I've got she's you know she's stressed out I can see it she's like I'm I I need to hire somebody to do uh, like she rattled off five different things right right and and I was like, well you know I' got a big network of military spouses. you want me to put something out there for you for, for you because um, her husband is an Os- or her boyfriend, excuse me is an osprey pilot he's currently deployed and so like when, when people in the military community have a problem, their problems become yep. my problems yep. as they do with all of us there so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to help you find a person. yeah. Um, and and I, I sent out a couple of quick messages and one of the person that I thought of, it is a up, it's a step up for them mm-hmm. in pay, in uh, lifestyle, you know, yep. work-life balance, um, in, in uh, technical things that, that right, she right, wants right. to do. I wouldn't have known about that person if that person hadn't networked with me.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I want to go back to something. You know, a good friend of mine runs the uh, North American Operations for Challenger at Great Christmas. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they are the premier executive outplacement firm in the world. You ever look at the economic reports? you know, here are the challenger employment reports? Those aren't written in crayon bills, so we can't. Oh, read, we crap. Can't read Sorry. Them. Okay. We well, see them, and
0: it's like, this is going to be way too heady for me. Well, should we just talk about pickles then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to the pickles. We'll get to the pickles.
2: No, uh, but they'll tell you, uh, their studies will tell you, and these are really valid studies, they'll tell you that 80% of salaried professional jobs, you know, not first-line entry manual labor stuff, 80% of those are landed by networking, like you just mm-hmm. described less than 5% are landed by applying online. Yeah. Okay? So, you know, a lot of folks go, I'm just going to apply online because I'm scared to network. I don't know how to network and this and that, so I'm just going to do that. Well, you're spending a lot of effort and a lot of energy and a lot of ammunition on a low probability hit. Yeah. You know? So um, I, I tell folks, and I, I mentioned in the book, and I talk about it otherwise, I say, get over yourself. I am naturally a gigantic introvert. I learned to do what I'm doing now. Okay? Because I had to. I haven't landed a job as an entrepreneur or a client or in the professional civilian world in corporate America in 23 years without networking. Yeah. In fact, the last corporate job I had was a big corporate job. Um, I got hired. I got my first paycheck, and somebody came around and says, can you fill out an application? We need to do that just to keep our records straight. Okay? <laughs> you might land a job with an application. Yeah. You're way more likely to do it by networking. So networking is an interesting thing. People define a lot of different ways. And a real simple thing I like to say is networking is nothing more than a conversation with a purpose. Yeah. You need to know what your purpose is going into it. Your purpose for that particular one might be something simple. Like I just want to practice my elevator pitch or I want to learn how to shake a hand of a stranger, but you have an overall purpose. And that is I want to land some kind of job in this kind of area and yeah. so on and so forth. Right. Um, the other thing that comes up, it came up last night when I was talking to folks, he said, well, I don't want to, you know, network because it's, it's manipulative. I don't want to manipulate people. I think it's, it's a matter of intent. Yeah. If you're going into a conversation and you want to get what you want, and you're going to screw the other person, that's manipulation. But if you're networking and you're going, look, I got an ask, and there's something I want to know, and uh, but I'm also here for you. Is there anything I can do for you? Can I connect you to something? Like you just said, you had yeah. a friend that you could If you do that, that's networking. It's, it's funny that, it's funny
0: that you mentioned that because uh, shane still and i were talking uh last night uh, yesterday about like my approach i i'm not looking for a job mm-hmm. i am a small business owner i am an entrepreneur i will never go back to working yep. in corporations ever again yep. once you have it it, it kind of sticks with you and it's difficult and it's rewarding and it's everything you think it will be and then some and then yep. there's all the stuff that you don't see about it That you didn't expect but it's a new challenge every day you break through the mundane when you do it this way so i network specifically to meet people who i can employ and people who i can either insure through the agency or provide this as a service to or somebody that i just give an interest in because we have similar you know backgrounds but
2: you know your purposes yeah
0: i want that person to succeed but i'm saying all that to say the, the none of this is here if i didn't actively network
2: right. every
0: single day yep every single day but i never and this is what Shane and i were talking about i never ask anybody for business right i never i am never like Matt, you you've known me probably the longest out of anybody in this town i don't remember ever asking you hey can i can i be your auto insurer
1: you 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 were like hey dude Will you? I can't remember how that I conversation went. I, I have done. the
0: messages because I look back on it frequently because I'm concerned about that because I don't ever want to be the person yeah. who who like connects with somebody on LinkedIn and then immediately sends you know like oh hey I can I'm that guy let me see all or, your or stuff or you send can, that
2: blind message going hi we haven't met would you like to buy yeah
0: yeah no off no, click, off. Deny. yeah delete yeah. yeah I'm not I'm not going to do that so I, I mean I took a lot of it from from Gary V's book uh, yep. hook 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 right jab. Um, where just provide free value, provide free value, provide free value, then ask for business. At some point, you have to prove that you're. if you're, if you're doing the networking thing right. to get employed or to get customers, one or the other, you have to show that you can provide value to that person right. at some point, but never just hit it right off the gate. And, and I think what I've found is maybe this, this long soliloquy or diatribe, whatever it is that I'm going on about it, is that um, actively network every single day. Yep. Be the person that you say you are. Publicly and then opportunities come to you without you even having to ask for
2: it. You know when I first got out I thought I can't pass any opportunity because I'll not get another opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just wrong You know the world is full of opportunity And I didn't think about that and a lot of folks that I've coached go man if I miss this one Nothing else is ever gonna come And if you get people past that think about the world of the possible and the world of opportunity. And it's an unlimited world of opportunities if the eyes and ears are open if you're willing to share you're willing to give uh, it will come. You're spot on, man. 100% agree with you.
0: Last last question for you. You yeah. told us a story when you were coming in here. It's the story of the pickles. So if you've been watching on YouTube and you're like, why is there a jar of pickles, and you probably can't see it, but a, uh, a can of <laughs> of hot dog sauce with beef like we would call this chili in the south right is that
2: yeah we call it chili up north
0: oh but why is it hot dog sauce with beef because it's, with... it's, it's unique because
2: oh, it's Tony okay. Paco's well <laughs> tell us
0: tell us the story about the about the pickles
2: okay so you know when I ro- was born and raised you know mom and dad said you don't go to somebody's house empty-handed so I thought, I'm coming down here I'm gonna talk to these great guys what can I bring them that's from Toledo now Toledo's the a glass capital of the world but you know glass breaks when you ship it so oh, I like to bring gla- I didn't know that I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to charge you the learning fee for you, that either. Yeah, yeah. that was free. What does yeah. that mean? Like they, it made, like, they made more of the glass, glass than glass there. Um, industrial glass, commercial glass, automotive glass. Yeah,
1: but pr- like primarily windows, not not necessarily like crystal yeah, or, all that or just all of it.
0: Isn't every glass? piece of glass a window, mat No. Come on, that was no. Nah
1: yeah uh, Think hard <laughs> hard about it. i don't know is see. a miller light glass bottle is that a window it's a window what's into my soul <laughs> what's
0: the definition of a window
1: uh i don't know transparent something
0: that you can see through to the other side your, so your eyes are the window of a soul so if you're holding any piece of glass is that not technically a window
1: well then, I mean, when I'm when I'm spear fishing, the, the ocean's a window because like exactly,
2: can... <laughs> bro, exactly. I'm thinking about the window to your soul, and I yeah, was we... going a whole different path. <laughs> here, like, you know? weirdly meta <laughs> there for no the reason.
1: Ocean so the ocean is the window. So to my So I didn't soul. know how
2: to package the window to your soul. So I thought, what can I bring from Toledo? I thought, well, we got the mudhens, but I didn't get down to the mudhens gift shop. Bring a ball cap or something. I thought, you know what? The only thing that I can come up with. Is Tony Paco's. So the reference may be old now. Wait, it is old, because I'm old. But in any case, over the show MASH, Mm -hmm. well, one of the characters, Klinger, was from Toledo. And he talked in several episodes about Tony Paco's restaurant, right? And it's a real place, okay? So I thought, you know, I don't know if this is going to resonate. You guys are all a little bit younger than I am, but what the hell? And I happen to be in the area, so I picked him up. I went to the original Tony Paco's, the old place on Front Street in downtown, not a great neighborhood these days. I went to our gift shop, and I brought you some pickles and chili. The, and knowing knowing sauce.
0: knowing that you didn't just grab it out of the grocery store means so much more to me that you took you actually took the time to go and get it from
2: the original. I, that, I did, and, and I don't want to that. sound um, like this is all altruistic. Yeah. I had a hot dog and a beer while I was there, Perfect. Perfect. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Everybody Something wins. for you, something for me. Something, something for to Tony Pacos. You, you got a go. little bit
0: of your money and a little bit more. And, and plus, now he's uh, a sponsor of this episode of, of Signal Fire <laughs> Thank Radio. you, Tony. This, yeah. Tony Paco, thank you. This one's brought to you by Tony Paco's Invoice Sent. and Peppers. That's hard to say. Say Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers.
1: Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers. Yeah,
0: well, there you go. Now I'm going to stop doing ow Now Brown Cow to start the show. <laughs> Tony Paco's Pickles Tony and Peppers. Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers. Hey, I got one more thing for yeah. you before yeah. you
2: go. Okay, so, you know, the tradition of the Challenge Coin. So I brought each of you a oh. Challenge Coin. Oh, this is a proprietary. That's, that's wow. mine. Yeah, it's not just General. Now, there's a story about that Challenge Coin. Well, his son's you, in the Navy. He's in Guam right yep. now in the Abraham Lincoln. And he was deployed on the Lincoln when they were off in the Persian Gulf, you know, for 10 months, the longest float of an aircraft carrier at the time and uh i got a message from him and said hey dad you're gonna get a package okay great thanks and while he was at sea he went to my website found the design found the words contacted a coin maker had a hundred of them made up and sent to me so uh that's from my son in the navy that's awesome that's awesome bill thank you so very much man
0: and thank you for coming to be a guest i know it's been a busy week for you we just so happened that you were gonna be in town for the Honor Foundation. So we made this happen and, and we're truly thankful. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they wanna solicit you for your consulting services or just yep. connect with you generally, what's the best way to yep. get in touch with I'm you? I'm on
2: LinkedIn almost 24 seven, William E. Bill Kiefer. Um, I've got a website, www.kiefer-associates.com or if you wanna email, it's bill at kiefer-associates.com. I check it all the time. So. Maybe, maybe the third generation of
0: Keefer men or women would be Chief Keith. So we'll check in. We'll, see what happens. we'll check in when one of your kids has a kid that joins the military. We'll see how
1: that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just
0: kind of guide them that way. Like enlisted, Navy, it's the way to go. Yeah, Maybe go Greenside. Yeah. They could be Chief Master, or what am my Command Master Chief Keith. <laughs> that would be pretty cool too. That, that would be, pretty That'd cool. be super cool. I'm pretty cool.
1: sure yeah. jo- or, uh, Jody is the only. At this point, I mean, his his son's there getting will be a commission. Other so.
0: I know, I know. But there will be other command master chiefs after Jody Fletcher. Yeah, but are there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I don't know. Yeah, five uh, kids.
2: Three of them are in service. Okay. Uh, Nathan's in. Uh, my youngest was um, uh, an MP for the Army for a couple years. And my third oldest is an Army chaplain down at Fort Benning right now. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. (laughs) Matthew, anything that
0: you would like to add before we sign off this episode? Thank
1: you for driving 12 hours of the most boring drive to come to (laughs) Wilmington. Um, I I, I mean, I'm grateful. I told you when I met you an hour ago that Evan speaks extremely highly of you. Um, It's very unfortunate he wasn't able to make it, but um, I'm really grateful that you came in and and shared your your knowledge with us because... That's why we exist, to get the word out.
0: Season 2 has had some really great episodes so far.
1: Bangers. So far. If you haven't subscribed to
0: the podcast, we would ask that you do subscribe. Uh, Leave a review. If you thought it was anything less than five stars, don't. No, I'm just kidding. Give us your honest opinion (laughs) and your honest feedback. Uh, But thank you for listening to this episode of Signal Fire Radio. And Matthew, Bill, and to Evan, and Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers. We
1: not back pickles and peppers.
0: <laughs> we want to encourage you to go out and feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe and go be a signal fire in your community. We will talk to you next week.